McCarty here, welcoming you to Now I See, a podcast where people of vision share their eye-opening experiences that helped them shift focus, gain perspective, and see themselves and their world in a whole new way. We invite you to pull up a chair to the conversational table, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy our show. We're hoping our time together will encourage, elevate, and engage you toward your own eye-opening moments. Today's guest is Susan Payne. Welcome, Susan. Great to be with you. I'm so glad you're here. Susan Payne is a Blue Star mother by virtue of having two sons who are Marines. Susan's father was a Marine too. Susan is a true patriot, a USO volunteer, a member of the Houston chapter of Blue Star Mothers, and a charter member of the Piney Woods Blue Star Mothers. In the early years of our friendship, Susan started a group called SOS. It was dedicated to serving our soldiers, and she organized meet and greets at the DFW airport when soldiers were returning from active duty for two weeks of R&R. Some of the best hours of my life were waiting for those planes to arrive and welcoming soldiers home. It wouldn't have occurred to me to do that without her suggestion. Today, on Veterans Day, she's here to tell us her story of her involvement with the Marines. But before we get to that, I'd like you to see her the way I see her. Thoughtful, generous, determined. She's a great event planner and a wonderful gift to give her. And she's a loyal friend. Susan, how do you see yourself? Well, first of all, let me say that unless you're part of a military family, you probably won't understand everything that I have to say. I believe everyone is called to service. Some of us serve in uniform. The rest of us should be serving here, supporting them. Not everyone gets that support. I've seen it up close and personal. Me too. And once you're part of the family, you just want to do everything you can to make everybody feel appreciated, valued, and supported. What is it in you that makes you respond that way? Do you think you're hardwired for that, or do you think that was something that grew in you with your involvement in the military? Were you that way before your sons were in the military? My father was a Marine. He was a Star Trek athlete at Melby High School in Houston, and he got a scholarship to go to Rice University. He had planned to train for the Olympics. And then the Korean War happened. He dropped out of school and volunteered to go be in the Marines. While he was deployed, he was one of the first survivors of the epidemic hemorrhagic fever. And although he recovered and continued and to serve, um, the effects of that disease were with him the rest of his life. And he never really talked about his service to us until my boys went into the Marines. They had a bond that it was just hard to describe. He would sit and love to listen to them talk about the equipment, the weapons, the different places that they would go and the things that they would do. It was almost like a foreign language to me, but they understood each other so well. And although it had been 50 years since my father had been at boot camp showing him the pictures uh, of my son's graduation, he said, hadn't changed a bit. Oh, my. It was just the same. 
and uh, there there was just a bond there. That is amazing. That is amazing. And I imagine it was interesting for you to, uh, when you see people talk about their passion and their faces light up and there's a certain energy there and knowing that they weren't just talking about the weather, but something that was deep and meaningful to them. And I'm sure that was compelling to you. Well, both of my boys went into the Marines right out of high school. One of them, I'm so proud of him. He's been in for 23 years now. He's rank of Sergeant Major, and I couldn't be more proud of him. But when he went in, I wasn't um, as connected to the recruiters or the process. I never had been through it before, and I really didn't know what to expect. So then when my younger son went in, he also went in right out of high school. He served for five years, and I couldn't be more proud of him either. But I was determined to get connected. So from the very beginning, when he started training with the other poolies, I was going to be a part of it. I met the recruiters. I met the other kids that were training with him. And from day one, I wanted to be involved And so once you meet those kids and you watch them grow right in front of your eyes, you ship them off to deployments and you write them and you encourage them. We we have a saying that my son has many brothers, so I have many sons. And that is true because you become a big family. The Marines are a huge organization, but... We're also a small family, and it's amazing how through the years you run into people that you had been with before, and you reconnect just like it was yesterday. But um, once my young son went into the Marines, and he was gone on his first deployment, that's when I got involved with the USO. I wanted to do something to help. I didn't want to just sit at home. And when he left, the last people that he would see in the civilian world was the USO at the airport. And he told me how special it was to go and get that last bit of encouragement before he stepped on the plane to go and be a Marine. So I volunteered at the USO, and it's a special, special place. Most of my time was spent at Bush Airport, And so I was one of those that got to hug them and encourage them on their last day of civilian life. And because my older son had been a drill instructor, I could tell him a little bit about what to expect and um, what would help them along the way. So I loved my time at the USO. I also became a Blue Star mother, and I had never heard of that when my first son went in I didn't even know what a blue star mother was but once I went I loved it and for anyone that doesn't know what a blue star mother is a blue star mother is a mother or a stepmother that has a son or daughter that has served or is serving once you're a blue star mother you're always a blue star mother unless you become a gold star mother and a gold star mother is a mother whose son or daughter has been killed in action. So once I went to the first meeting of of Blue Star Mothers, it was just a place where everyone could connect 
and share their stories because we say either you're going through something right now, you've been through it, or you're about to go through it. And just having somebody that's already been through it to encourage you along the way, that goes a long way. And let me just say about Blue Star Mothers, a parent of a father or a brother or a sister, um, sister, grandparent, neighbor, anyone who supports the military can be a Blue Star Mother. They can be part of the aid, the organization, but the mother is the only member. They're all associate members. Mm-hmm. And the mother is the only one who pays an annual due, and she's the only one that's the actual member. But anyone who supports the military can be part of that organization. And so what do Blue Star Mothers do? Well, birthday cards, care packages, prayers, um, fundraisers, um, events to promote awareness, welcoming home, sending off, you name it. When something comes up, um, a Blue Star Mother's there. If we know about it, we're there. You were doing that long before you were a Blue Star Mother. I remember when your younger son was uh, thinking about joining the Marines and you got to know the recruiters and you used to take up uh, cookies to them and you got to know them all by name and you met other um, young men and women who were also being recruited and you adopted them, you know, you took care of them too. And uh, whether or not their parents were actively involved, you were. And I know that was a safe place for a lot of them. Why did you do that? Well, I put myself in my son's place and I wanted them to be encouraged wherever they were, even if it was a complete stranger, because many times I'm a complete stranger to the people that I meet. I've tried to teach my kids all their life, if they see somebody in uniform, to go up and say thank you because freedom is never free. And I want them to be appreciative of the sacrifices that have been made for them and for me. But I wanted, you know, my kids would tell me that they were in a restaurant or something and somebody saw that they were in the service and would buy them a cup of coffee or buy them a meal or something. And I just wanted my kids, wherever they were, to feel welcome and to feel comfortable, and that's what I tried to do. And it didn't end there. Some of them are no longer in active duty, but they're still on your contact list. Um, So when you say that you got many more sons and daughters, you really took that seriously you, you really did you still stay in touch I love well that. the one thing that you know if you're a military family is things are always changing and people are always moving and so the recruiters that we started with they moved so that was statewide some out of state and you know I kept in contact with them and then all the kids that went through boot camp, when, when my son was in boot camp, he would write me and tell me about his new friends. I started writing them. They started writing me. And that's been many, many years now that we still are in touch. You know, they've come home, they've gotten married, they've gotten new jobs, whatever, and we're still very much connected. When I was at the USO, I can tell you about one special day. Um, I was usually there on Monday afternoons, and Monday afternoons is the day that the Marines would send kids to boot camp. So 
usually every Monday afternoon, late in the afternoon, we would get a busload of them. And we would know that they were coming. So, I mean, they were so easy to spot. (laughs) They would come in with their brown envelopes because when you're in Marines, you can't take anything with you except your orders. And I think $10 is what they used to be able to take and their Gideon's Bible that they're given when they swear in. So they would come up to the USO. We would feed them. We had a place where they could check their Facebook accounts. They could play a few video games if they wanted to, and they could just get ready to get on their plane. Well, this one afternoon, um, I had 25 come. And they came, and they were all, you know, some of them think they know everything there is to know. Some of them know nothing. Some of them have never flown before, never been out of the state of Texas, never gone anywhere on their own. This is all so new to them. Wow. Some of them have families that are very encouraging, and some of them have families that don't even say goodbye to them. And so you hear all the stories. But on this particular day, this group was just, I mean, it was just a neat group of kids. And when they left, I said, wait a minute, I want to take your picture. So we went out outside the USO in the hall of the, the airport, and someone took our picture. And five of them came back to me and said, would you write me in boot camp? And I said, yes, I will. So they, I said, the only way I can write you, though, is if you give me the name of your recruiter, because they came from all over you know, all over the areas that fed into the airport. So they gave me their recruiters, and I called their recruiters, and I got their addresses for boot camp. I wrote them that day, and I put inside every letter an envelope that was stamped with my name on it and a piece of paper and said, if you have a chance, let me know how you're doing. I mailed those five letters they, I went to my mailbox about a week later, and there were five letters in my mailbox. How exciting. They all told me mine was the first letter that they received. Wow. And one of them told me he had never had anybody to tell him that he was loved or that he could do it or supporting in any way. And so I started writing those five kids until they graduated. One of them dressed up in his dress blues and came back to the airport to find me. Oh, how sweet. And it wasn't a day that I was there, but he called me from the airport because I had given him my Facebook account and my phone number. And he called me and he said, Mrs. Payne, I did it. I'm here in my dress blues to see you. And I was so sorry that I missed him. But in the meantime, my husband and I had moved from Texas to East Texas, from from the Houston area to East Texas. And he called me when he was passing through East Texas and said, do you have time for a cup of coffee? And I said, yes, I do. And this was about five years later, you know. So I met him in town at Starbucks. And he and I are still very good friends. He lives in Hawaii now. And he went to school out there, and he's doing really, really well. But, I mean, once you're connected, you're connected. 
Letters have a wonderful way of keeping us connected. Do you have a letter you'd like to share? But when my husband and I first got married, our church had a program that would assign a family and a widow together. And we got a wonderful widower. His name was Paul. And he was like a second father to me. He passed away about a month ago. And at his funeral, his son read one of the letters. He had been serving in the South Pacific in the fall of 1945 aboard the USS Louisville. And in this little letter, he says, We had just finished a major operation of Okinawa. It was the biggest operation of the U.S. Navy, and we were heavily damaged and ordered to Pearl Harbor for major repairs. We were in Pearl until mid-August 1945 and left on sealed orders not to be opened until we were out at sea. As the cruiser steamed along at sea, our orders were opened. We were ordered to head for landing in Japan. We were very scared. We had already done battle with the enemy time after time, and we all knew they would fight to the very end. We were still hundreds of miles from our destination, so we all had a long while to think about this difficult situation we were in. I can tell you the next several days were depressing. I was working on one of our steam turbines in our engine room, and below deck it was hot. Temperature was 120 degrees constant. I was hot, dirty, and greasy when the greatest miracle of all the war occurred. The Japanese had surrendered. The terrible fighting was all coming to an end. What a day to rejoice, and believe me, we did. God had brought us through again. Yes, I know all about the miracles because we witnessed lots of them at war. I haven't forgotten any of them, and I'm still thanking my Lord each day for bringing us home. It sure is a great feeling to be one of God's children, and I will always love him for it. I thank the Lord for watching over me daily. Telling that story and knowing this man and how much he loved America and the generation that gave up everything for America. And they volunteered to go. That's why I love America. It's the greatest place on the earth. And that's why I will always stand for the flag. Oh, I love that so much. Listeners, we're going to take a break and we'll be back with more of Susan's story in just a moment. Welcome, listeners, to our special Veterans Day podcast featuring Blue Star Mother Susan Payne. We want to honor and celebrate the brave men and women who have served or who are currently serving our country. We offer our deepest and sincerest thanks, whether you served in uniform or cared for and supported someone who did. As Susan said, once you're connected, you're connected. If you're connected to someone in the military, please share this episode with them. And if you're connected to the Now I See family, 
Now's a great time to give a good rating and review of our show so that we can help connect to even more people just like you. We'd like to send you our weekly newsletter. So sign up for that on our website at nis.media. We'd like to hear from you in our weekly discussions on our Facebook pages and group. This week, we're inviting you to enter a name, story, or picture of a veteran you'd like to honor. I can't wait to see your posts. We'll return to Susan's story in just a moment and hear the heart-wrenching story of every military mother's worst nightmare. But before we do, let me remind you of the gift drive we're doing in support of children at the Texas Baptist Children's Home this month. What a nightmare it would be to be removed from your home and have no presents to open on Christmas morning. Past guest, Christy Arrington, is making it her mission to ensure that every child at the home gets all the gifts on their wish lists. Won't you join Christy and the Now I See family to make that dream a reality? We're showing our support by featuring this organization all this month. You can find quick and easy ways to give by following the links on our website and Facebook pages. Now, back to our show. Well, Susan, we have been talking about some of the benefits that have um, that you've enjoyed as part of supporting our soldiers, about how you have made relationships that still continue to this day. But I know there are some hard stories. Can you tell us one of those? Well, I can tell you about the hardest day that I had as a Marine mom. It was a Sunday afternoon. And, you know, with social media now, everything's on the Internet. And we had gone to church, and we were sitting at home, and I got an email from the Marines that there had been an accident on my son's deployment. They were headed out, but they were stopping in Hawaii for training exercises. So I knew he had was in Hawaii, we were told when he left that there would be a week or so that everything, all the communications were off. So we hadn't talked to him, but I knew he was in Hawaii. So I went to the Internet, and I Googled the Hawaiian news. On the beach, there were people that had their cell phones, and they were filming one of the ospreys that was going by as it crashed. That's what my son's job was. He was a crew chief on the osprey. So I know my son is in Hawaii. He's on a training mission. He's on the osprey. I don't know if he's on that osprey or not. Right. So it was 17 hours later. (gasps) I, you talk about learning a new way to pray. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, There's no way to describe the feeling that I had. My husband, on the other hand, which is calm, says to me, no news is good news. It's still hard to hear. It's hard to wait, though. Yes, it is. And so my older son I call him and say, what can you find out? 
He said, no news is good news. <laughs> That's still not helping. It's still hard. So we waited, and we waited, and I stayed up all night long and listened to the clock tick until we were told that all the families had been notified because they were telling us that one was killed, the rest were injured. So the next day, I get a phone call from my son, and he's greatly affected. Of course he is. And I said, are you all right? And he said, yes, but everyone isn't. And he said, and you know them. Mm -hmm. But he couldn't tell me who they were until they had released everything. So I talked to him for a few minutes, and then I hung up, and I sobbed. Of course. Because he was okay, but there was another mother. Who had also waited. Who waited. Yes. And hers was not okay. Right. So that was the first week of my son's first deployment. They had to pick themselves up, get back flying, and head off to their deployment. They took a flag and flew it in the top of the Osprey on all the mission. And when they came home for homecoming, they presented the flag to his family. We were all there. We all got we got very close through course, the deployment, through social media, but we hadn't met face-to-face because we came from everywhere. Sure. So when we went in for homecoming, we went in the night before, and all the families got together, and we got to meet the family that had lost their son, which was one of my son's best friends, slept in the bed above him, and... Um, it was really, really a hard time. But, again, we were family, you know. And I was so happy to see him when he got off. But he hugged me really quick and said, Mom, I'll be back. And one by one, all of those young Marines went to her mm, and hugged her. Have. Because her son had many brothers and she had many sons, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not all happy times. There are very many times that things go dead, no communication, things change at the spur of the moment. You never know. When, you're, when your child signs up to be in the military, everyone knows the risk, but you pray to God that it won't be you that has to go through that. But there was another crash that my son wasn't involved in. Two helicopters collided in Hawaii, and all of those were killed. When I was at the USO, two of them were from the Houston area. Mm. So we received them back, and one of them was one of my son's good friends that he had gone through training with. Mm. And there aren't words to describe standing on the tarmac of the airport runway watching that flag draped casket come down and knowing it could be yours 
I see them on the news and I am sad because I know that a family is forever changed, but it hasn't been my family. I can't imagine um, the height of pride and the depth of sorrow that a mother feels knowing that's her child. Well, what I was telling you about, you wouldn't understand if you're not a military family because every day on the news you hear of casualties, of wounded, of accidents. Mm -hmm. People are so oblivious to it. It's just another bit of news. But to a military family, Mm -hmm. we stop. We listen. Mm -hmm. We grieve. Because we all know if it's not ours, it could be. And it is somebody else's. Mm -hmm. It's not just a news story. Mm -hmm. It's a person. Yes. Absolutely. So I would love to hear you give some advice to um, military families. What words would you give them? What encouragement would you give them on this Veterans Day? Use your experiences that you've had as opportunities to encourage somebody else. Because many mothers and fathers are just like we were. We hadn't been through this before. We didn't know what to expect. And it's scary. It's overwhelming sometimes, just the unknown. But if you have somebody that befriends you and helps you walk through boot camp and helps you walk through the military process, it's priceless. And, you know, there's people that come up to me and say, I don't know how to help. I don't know what to do. I'm not a military family. Well, everybody can help. Everybody can pray, first of all, for their safety, their protection, and their provisions. You know, equipment works, the right, even the right food, and a good place to sleep. And, you know, I I remember one of my, my chaplain friends told me that the greatest obstacle is you can't tell a friend from an enemy over there mm. when they're deployed. Mm. So, you know, just for wisdom and focus, and, I mean, everybody can pray. Um, there's a lot of places that collect items to send. Anybody can send a care package. You can Google what to put in there. I mean, think about the simplest items Baby wipes for out in the desert, chapstick, you know, just anything that would make them more comfortable because they're serving for you. They're sacrificing for you. Yes, they are. Anybody can help. And um, when somebody comes back, whether they look like they've been wounded, they're all wounded. Of course. All their scars aren't visible. That's right. That's right. They see and have to do things and go places that we can't even dream of. It would terrify us to go, absolutely. So, thank them. Do that right now. Thank a veteran. Everybody can thank them. Mm -hmm. We owe them all. I agree. Um, As we close out our show today, would you pray? For our veterans and our military family. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to ask you for a special blessing over all of our service members, not just our Marines, our sailors, our airmen, 
our Army soldiers, our Coast Guard. We want to ask that you protect all of them, provide for them, and Lord, most of all, help them to feel valued and respected. Lord, we know that they sacrifice so much for us. We know that there's only two people who have ever volunteered to give up their life for us. That was Jesus and our American soldiers. So, Lord, freedom is never free. We know that. We ask that you would bless them, richly bless them, and provide for their families, provide for their children while they're away. Lord, we ask that all the military families would be united in spirit and that we would all do everything we can to say thank you and to support them. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. People may want to get in contact with you to find out how else to support our military. Have you got content information, or would you refer them to uh, Blue Star Moms organization? Well, Blue Star Mothers, you can go to bluestarmothers.org and find a location that's close to you. You can find when they meet and go check them out and see if it's a fit for you. And if you want to be part of the USO, you can go to the USO online. They need volunteers everywhere, too. Everybody can do something, and everybody should do something. I think so, too. Thank you so much for your time today. I've so enjoyed our conversation, and happy Veterans Day, veterans. We sure do appreciate you. Well, well and for all of mine that are listening out there, I'm so proud of each and every one of you, and I love you, and I can't wait till our paths cross again because they will. Mm, I do hope so. Thanks, listeners, and we'll see you again next week. Can you think of someone who would enjoy our show today? If so, please share it with them. You can help others find us too by liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Visit today's show notes for show highlights, links to recommended resources, including our own, nis.media. I'd love to hear what you have to say, so drop me a line at Kit McCarty NIS on Facebook or at kit at nis.media. And if you'd like to hear more from me, sign up for my periodic newsletter when you're on my site. Special thanks to the production team at Headset Radio and to my friend Becky Salazar for the bumper music. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. See you again soon.